Can we? This is very quiet. Hello, everyone. Hi. You are now listening to... Let's do it. Okay. That's better, Pastor Tony. Much better. Thank you. I am your host, Shanae Anise, and of course, the line... The line... Well, you guys are kind of aligned with me, too, huh? Is Pastor Tony Cassis. G'day, everyone. Pastor Nathan Cassis. Ciao. <laughs> That's goodbye. And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, hi, hi. We're just getting things started we are on already with our portals live audience and boy oh boy do we have a topic for you guys yes, today we sure do and that topic is book him dinner i just <laughs> <laughs> no that was not Pastor I just Tony. laugh because it's meant to say it's in the book, but Facebook autocorrected it to say it's in the box. You know no, what? It's not no. in the box. No. It's not in the box. It's not in a box. Facebook. I think today they wanted to call it Get Booked. Yeah, when yeah, the sermon, get booked. The sermon is in the book from Sunday. No, I think that's good. Get booked. Get booked. Get booked. There's a lot get of people being booked, booked in Australia right now, but the wrong kind of book. Yeah, well, they should read the book. But we need no. to tell them about the right booking time. All right. Robin's on it. Get booked. It's coming. Pastor Robin jokes is on one today. Uh, All right. Not so, really. <laughs> not today. All right. Well, to kick things off, Pastor Tony, lead us in with your word about the book. Get booked. In the book. Um, yeah. Simply on Sunday, uh, we were sharing about how before time began, God wrote a plan, a script. Um, included in that script were was creation, and also in that script was um, our our creation, our existence, and he had written out all of our lives before we were even born. And this is all based on revelations in the scripture, the Psalms, and a couple of the <coughs> Old Testament prophets spoke about how God predestined us before we were born, just like he predestined Jesus to die on the cross before he created the world. So this topic of predestination is it's pretty mystical, but uh, it does require you know, a good understanding of um, parts of how God is made up. God is not limited by time. He created time but he also can stand inside or outside of time. So he's timeless, he's ageless, just like, by the grace of God, we will be one day. Um, the Lord is eternally in and outside of time. So after Adam and Eve sinned, he limited time to the last day. So from the time Adam sinned until the day of judgment, that is all of history. 
after the day of judgment, time stops. So like any producer in the world or any writer, they always write something down on paper before they start producing a show. Mm. And obviously this is a godly attribute. God planned our salvation, our deliverance, our healing, and all of our works before we even existed. So I was encouraging the church on Sunday, part of our prayer life should include asking the Holy Spirit to open the books where this plan was written so that we can start to align our lives to the Father's will. And the best example of that is Jesus. The prophecy of one of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled was out of the Psalms where David says, It is written of me in the volume of the book. I've come to do your will, O God. So God's will is written in books for all of our lives. And part of our journey is discovering what is in the book as far as the will of the Father is concerned. And that goes down to being what's in the book for each person. Every person. No, so not just a general um, will of God for, <clears throat> for everything, but what is written in the book for your life, my life, everyone here. Interesting thing is that the book was written before. Yep. Before we were, uh, I don't know, before we were born. Yes, exactly. There we go. Before we were born, there was a book written about us. And uh, the interesting thing about this one, Shania, is that the devil can't write anything in that book. You see, I don't know why we think that he can write part of our history. He can't. He can only ever divert our history. He can't write anything about our history and our destiny. But he can divide, divert us by distracting us. Mm. And this is something that's really important for us to learn. Then we might start to see that the power of God is supreme to the power of the devil. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a really scary topic if you if you sort of stumble into extremes because there's been this you know revolving door argument about predestination are you once saved always saved or can you lose your salvation we don't want to get into that Not i'm quoting out of one psalm 139 listen to these words your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So can the can you summarise that? The psalmist is saying God wrote down the days of our lives and everything that make up our lives before we even were given birth. And so um, our journey is, and it's an exciting one, Asking the Father, what is your plan for my life? Can I start having the book opened up, revealing the plan? And we will be rewarded according to how much of our lives aligned with his plan. Okay? And, you know, Jesus brings out examples. You know, he says to the, to the, the people on the last day, 
you know, come to me, you blessed of my father, because you did my father's will, enter into your rest. And then those who don't do the father's will, he says, I don't even know you. Even though they confess Christ, he's saying, I don't even know you. Why? Because you didn't do the will of my father. So this is very important. You don't want to go to heaven with missing the mark on what God's plan was for your life because you won't get rewarded for anything except what he asked you or wanted you to do. Wow. It's a big subject, right? Absolutely. I just, if you wanted to add on that before I... I was just going to add what you said on Sunday, um, which was really powerful. You said, if it doesn't line up with the book... The Bible. Then get your book, you know, edited. (laughs) Yes. Well, all of the books have to align with the book. So the book that we call the book at the moment is the Bible. So God's heart and mind is expressed in the Bible. But there's a book of life in heaven as well. So anyone who's not in the book of life doesn't go to heaven, doesn't receive eternal life. But we don't know who's in the book of life. Only the Father and the Son knows who's in the book of life. So again, for argument's sake, don't ever assume that because someone's rejecting the gospel that they're not in the book of life. You don't know that, only God does. For instance, the Apostle Paul, if I was living when Paul was persecuting the church, I would have said, there's no way that guy's in the book of life. He's killing Christians. But then God in his mercy revealed that, hang on, yes, his name was in the book. And I'm going to show you now, Paul, you were predestined. Actually, Paul says, God separated him from his mother's womb to receive his grace. So... And it's amazing because Paul is the only apostle that got the concept of predestination. No other apostle knew it like Paul knew it. And that really healed him because then he could sleep at night and think, well, God, this was part of your plan. Okay, I did some bad stuff, but you had predestined me to come to know Jesus on the Damascus Road. I heard, I obeyed, and by your grace... You know, I understand what you're doing now. But he wasn't just doing some bad stuff, Paul. I mean, he was killing Christians. You know, so there wasn't, it wasn't like he was doing a few little things. And yet God wrote him in the book. Absolutely. Wow. Interesting. I just got that. I just got that. You know, there's a re- there was a revival in the Argentinian jails about uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, one really big criminal, mass murderer, druggy, drug trafficker got jailed. But while he was in jail, um, one of these fellow you know, prisoners began preaching the gospel to him. And this man had this preacher bashed several times. But the preacher kept loving him and kept preaching to him. Eventually this criminal got saved. And because he got saved, he began to literally evangelized the whole jail to the point where there were more Christians in jail than there were non-Christians. And the jail was running so well that they began to do the Joseph thing where the Christians would run the laundry, they'd run the, the number plate shop, and there was no more drugs coming in or out. It was a total transformation. But at face value, you would have thought, no, that guy's name is not in the book. Right. Can't be because he's... Such a big sinner. Well, we don't know who's in the book. Right. Only God knows. I mean, we def- but we also don't want to take 
the jail as one of the mountains. But it's all right. We we had <laughs> we had that opportunity to minister in it. Anywho, we got a lot to say tonight. So what do you got to say, Pastor, about the book? His facial I'll, expressions. I'll, I'll get talking. Nate kicked off, right? Kick him off. We are told by again the Apostle Paul. I know you don't need to kick me, kick me off. I just want you to finish on sharing all of the depth of what you shared right. on Sunday. We, we should not be believers who don't know what our Father's will is for our lives. Mm. Now, I know Pastor and I, we've ministered to thousands upon thousands of people about their destiny. It's really about destiny, right? The amount of believers that come to us saying, please, I want to hear God about what his will for my life is. What's my destiny? Now, this is a sad state in the church. The f one of the first things we the church needs to do when someone comes to Christ is to begin to plant the seed of their destiny in their hearts and not leave it 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the track. You've got Christians saying, I don't know why I'm on, on this earth to do. That's, that's an almost a lifetime of waste. And But we're exhorted by the apostle to know the will of God. Then... People ask us, how do we get to know the will of God? Well, you start with this book, the Bible, right? And you get a general idea of what God requires us as believers to do. But then the Lord will begin to reveal either through prayer or through dreams or through desires or through personal prophecy, which is our niche, what's in the book, right? What's his will for our life? So that's what we're saying here. We want to live our lives according to what the Father's will is, not our own. And a lot of Christians drop the ball here because you'd be surprised at how many people who do hear the Father's will, they don't want to do the Father's will. Because it might, he might take them somewhere they don't want to go. He might get them to marry someone they don't particularly like. These are sensitive subjects. You know, but we have to deal with them. All right? I will do your will as long as I think it's what I want to do. I don't think Jesus would say that. Okay? I don't think Jesus would say that. This is where I'll jump in because yeah. this is where the process comes in. But we'll jump in after the break because it's 14 minutes in. All right. Yes. You were going for a press. You were the one for you. He was on Right. All right, guys. We're going to just take a short break. And liven up. And, oh, yeah, and liven up, like Dr. Robbins said. Holy Spirit, liven us up. Be our energy up. Some books. Yes. And we'll be right back. Okay, I like what you just said. You said uh, it was for Jesus, for God, for the Holy Spirit time. and uh, But yet we use time for circumstances and situations and problems all the time. There you go. All the time we use time for those things. And God never created it for that. We use time as a measuring stick to try and, you know, assess productivity and assess success yeah. and assess if we've made it or not or if mm -hmm. we've succeeded or not. 
But God was the first one that said, right, the morning, the, what, the evening, the morning, day one. Mm-hmm. That's time right there. Yep. And he said, it is good. So he used that to say, right, in this amount of space, what I have done is good. Come on, that's what I'm so, doing. Like mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the book. First step, you know, because I'm, I'm about the process. So first step to pulling things out of your book is stop living on time's time clock. You know what? Whoa. And live oh, there you go. On, on the Father's on. time Bring step. it out. The first step out in living your book is to get out, out of the of get out of time. time clock. Get out your of book is not from this, Your book is not from GMT, EST time Ooh. periods. Your book is from a whole different system. Mm. And your book, if you try to live via that clock, you're not going to access timelessness in your book. Mm. So true. Try. And so that's, uh, you know, if I was going to say the first step is stop giving time. Time limits on your book. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh. Who's God? Time or God? You yeah, Pastor Nate, wow. part of the Come reason. Come on, pull see, it. See, I, I often ask what would have happened if Adam didn't sin. Right. So death would not have come into the world and he would have lived forever because God would not have said, you will die if you eat from the tree. If, if, he, was, if he was already going to grow old and die, then the Lord wouldn't have had to have said, Mm. You will surely die. On that right. That's what I'm saying. We associate time after the fall, the moment decay came in. But yeah. the Lord said the evening, the morning, day one. So, so time was before sin. Yeah. Because mm. he is time. But there wasn't a an end of the time. Yeah. Timeless. So from the time that he sinned, that, that meant that there was going to come a time where it would finish. There's now a start and a finish. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this because... Because of who we are now, because we've been born in sin and redeemed, and we're still affected by, in a sense, sin time, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a start mm. and there's a finish. Yeah. So there was a start of creation and it should have just gone on forever. But because of sin, now God is saying there will come a day where creation stops mm. as we know it. Yeah. There's going to be a new creation. Yeah. But miracles, which, which will be timeless. Mm. See, but miracles are when God steps. Look, practical. Look at it like this: We've got different time zones all throughout the world. Yeah. Right now, if I go to Australia, I have to adapt to Australia's time zone for the events in Australia to take place. Yep. I can't have New York City service on Australian time because then people would be coming at two a.m. Mind you, we do that anyway. Uh, right? I was going to say we do but, that anyway. <laughs> but what that shows me... We're living in our timeless zone. Yes. What that shows me is that the time zone dictates how the events line up, how the book plays out. So sin's time zone is this earth. We're on sin's time zone now because from the moment Adam sinned, we've been into... Clock a, has a, begun a, a to clock tick. has begun to tick down... And decay. To day zero. But miracles are when God oversteps sin's time zone yep. and steps in and says, right, like, you know, practical example, right now in New York, we're in Eastern Standard Time. But it's like the Lord coming in and saying, no, I'm not going to be on your Eastern Standard Time. You're going to be on, you know, GMT, 11 hours ahead instead. And I'm going to bring that future into your present right now. So what I'm saying is first step of pulling out of the book is getting back into the mindset of heaven's time zone, which is timelessness. Not too old, 
not too far gone, not too, you know, whatever, to have this miracle birthed in my life. Well, that's going to really start to challenge some people because people uh, in this church and people outside this church in other churches think that uh, time is getting away. There's, now, here we go. Time's getting away, so therefore um, we've got to do something right now or we're going to miss out. And then we talk about what's out there at the moment and everybody's working on a time, you know, yeah. clock. Yeah. And so uh, we as his people that should know this should not be working like that. We shouldn't see time as, wow, time's getting away now. They're going yeah. to do this. Yeah. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. But God's challenging us, Pastor, to stop looking at time. Come on. How can you live in an earthly, I rephrase, how can you live in a heavenly dimension when you're in an earthly time zone? You've got to live on the time zone of the dimension that you're in. Yes, so we we should be in heavenly time. Timelessness. Pertaining to the promise, yes. But you still got to get up to go to work on time. <laughs> right, just let the people know before they start. Know that we are extreme. still creatures under <laughs> time, but when it comes to the promise, now that's right. in this world, but not because other. the promise is heavenly. Yes. and that visual is heavenly. We can't let Earth time dictate to us yep. our patience or whether the promise is going to come. Any time, time yes. in your life limits God. Then yeah. you're not on his you, time clock. Yeah, you're not on it. Ch- you know what? Totally. Totally. Yeah. You've, you've, you've totally gone totally back agree. down to a lower frequency, which we're going to talk about. You've gone back down to a lower voice print, and you've let the frequency of the earth interfere with God's timelessness in your created being. God doesn't need time. He uses it. He can step in 90 years old and he touch your body. He can step in 90 years old and touch your body. He did it with Abram. He does it all throughout or the Bible. Abraham. Abram first and then Abraham. Yeah. He stepped him in and he stepped out. He could step in and out. Why do we limit him to time? And so when we limit him to time, we limit ourselves to time. Well, I, I need to hear that because I know there's areas where time means too much to me and other areas where time is wasted as well. And this oh. is what I want to talk about. When you live on a time, now we're going into the depths. So we said the first step of living on a, a pulling out of your book, getting booked, heavenly booked, is living in timeless space. The next step is, see, when you live on your time clock, then you tell God to love you your way. So you tell God, I need you to love me on my terms because my terms are telling me right now that I'm running out of time. And so uh, I need you to perform yeah. miracles. I need you to show up. I need you to provide. I need you to yeah. give me a future yeah. all on my yeah. terms. Come on, and come then on. this is when we don't get loved on our terms. Now we call it rejection. It's rejection. Oh, my God. It's rejection. If it's not it's on our time, it's rejection. Yeah. If it's not on our terms, not on our time, now we say God's rejecting us. He doesn't love us. He's not yep. for us. But see, what I love, um, I'm studying Hebrew, and we were going over a passage in the Psalms where David says, you know, that like a... Um, I'll bring up the psalm, but the gist of it was he's saying there, I'm standing and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you. And it's in this moment in David's life where he's basically looking at the Lord and saying, what are you doing? I can't see any movement. Yeah. But the Hebrew study of that word there, it's three Hebrew letters. And the first is ayin, which we know 
Just before you go any further, just let me clarify that. I want to just add something to where there's no movement. Mm. What are you doing? I can't see any movement. God is always moving, even in no movement. Mm. He's moving. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So we know that the first letter, Ayin, in this word stand, which is ta'amad in the Hebrew, which comes from the root word amad, which is where a servant waits on his master, right? Like a servant, like a, a waiter that waits on his master, right? Yeah. Like it's in Isaiah, those that wait upon the Lord. The scripture there is not those that wait as in time. No, the wait, word wait, wait is waiter. those that literally wait as in serve, as a like a does. waiter going wait to a table me. and taking orders. Yes. Waiting on the Lord. So that's a real key there because uh, if I wait, I'll hear you. No, you need to wait on the Lord. You need to take his business and make it your own. Yeah. And not just wait for him to answer your business. So, you know, there's a real key there. But the first word is ayin. And that means to see, to reveal, to look again, to get a revelation. Then the next letter is mem in the Hebrew. Right, and mem is to get a revelation and then take it further to get an intimate knowledge. Right, so from getting a revelation, you become empowered, and now you get a knowledge of who God is. You learn and you remember what He's done in the past, you remember who, who He is, His faithfulness, and you recollect that. You let that come your memory back, and then that leads you to the next letter, which is dal, um, daleth, which is door. So basically, this is the key. I shared with my sister last night, we were giving some ministry, and I shared this story which just impacted me, and I'm going to share it because I believe it will help a lot of people. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he lost his wife, and he wrote a book, um, and I forget the, I think it was called The Grieve Something. Um, I'll get the title of the book. The Grief Observed. Thank you, Pastor Tim. The Grief Observed. But he went to the Lord, and after he lost his wife, he was really grief-stricken and he was like a lot of our Christian, you know, thinking, God, I can't see you. I can't. What are you doing? So he went to the Lord. And You're not moving. Yeah. He said, Lord, you know, what are you doing? And he got no answer from the Lord. And time's running out. Yep. He said that too. He got no <laughs> answer. And then he said he went to the Lord again and he got no answer again. And he said this time he saw a door in his spirit. Sort of like what David said at the door. He saw a door in his spirit. And so he went up to the door and he was like, you know, he could see in the door the shadows of the lights. Like people were there. Like right when you look through that window right now, you can see there's people in there. They shouldn't be in there. They should be listening to portals. Um, but, you know, you can see the <laughs> shadows out. and you can see the light. So he knew someone was home. So he knocked on the door. Yeah. And he said, God, God, let me in. Let me in. But there was no answer. And he said, then, to his surprise, he heard the Lord drilling the door, putting a padlock on and bolting it shut, like deliberately keeping him out. And so he thought, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm calling out to you. I'm, I'm, I'm crying out to you and you're not answering me. Yeah. Not only are you not answering me, you're bolting the door shut. Oh, Lord. And this is what, what a, a lot of us are telling God right now. We always Lord, do. I'm calling out to you. And what are you doing? I feel like you're bolting the door shut. Wow. I feel like you're not answering. And not only are you not answering, you're not letting me in so much so that you're literally bolting the door so I can't get in. Oh, my goodness. So this is going to land. 
Then he went back to the Lord a couple of weeks later and he said, Lord, what are you doing? Because I can't hear you, I can't see you. And the Lord said to him, there's a key in your hand. Use it. And he looked down at his hand and he saw this golden key. Now you've got C.S. Lewis who wrote like the most amazing stories. You know, so he's got a very vivid imagination. So God can speak spiritually on that level to him. So he looks down at his hand, he sees the key. And, the, and he, said, he said to God, but open the door. And the Lord said, I'm not opening the door. I gave you a key, use it. The door. Taxi, you open the door. You open the door. So he puts the key in and then the Lord said to him, see, you thought I was bolting the door to keep it shut, to keep you out. He said, but I've given you the tools in that key that you need to open the door. And he said, because unbeknownst to you, if I let you in right now, all the stuff that's clinging on to you comes in with you. So he said, I'm bolting the door so that all the darkness that's attached to you gets the message that it's not welcome. <laughs> so it looks like I'm deliberately keeping you out. He said, but I gave you a key and when you use your authority, you'll come through the door. Not your demons. Because here's the key. Because of perfect love, that darkness... That resonance can't stand in his presence. Right. It can't come through the door. Mm. So God isn't going to open the door so that all the past and all the past cycles and all the past manifestations and all the past entertainment of crap can come into his presence. Mm. Because only what stands in his presence is pure. So C.S. Well, Lewis got this idea. <laughs> Hang on, Lord. That means I want... I'm. I'm asking you kind of to love me on your term, on my terms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking you to just open the door and fix it. But I'm not ready to come through the door because coming through the door means I've got to be ready to let go all that. of all the stuff that's on the outer. And this is what we do as Christians. Sometimes we say, Lord, love me on your terms. But God is holy. He will not love us on our terms. He loves us on his terms. Mm, thank God for and that. And his terms sometimes are not what we think all is or nothing. positive. So it becomes all or nothing. You get all of him or nothing of him. We give all of ourselves. So, Pastor, what I'm saying, how this ties in is first step is timeless. Second step is if you want to get out of what's written in your book, you better start learning to love the Lord on his terms for your life. Because he knows best. Because yeah. it might look like he's keeping you out, but he's not. He's given you a key. But what is your excuse to not use the key? This is what yeah. C.S. Lewis was told. The grief of his wife was the thing that was the very thing that was keeping him from hearing God. Because there's a time for mourning and there's a time for rejoicing. And he was holding on to this grief too long. And the Lord said, you can't come into my presence with that grief. Which goes into counselling inside the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, so it comes down to if he gives us the key, he gives us the authority to come through that door. We get to turn the door, the key in the door. But the presence of God is behind that door, if you want to look at it like that. And no demon can glory in the presence of God. So they can't come in. You can come in, yep. but they can't, you see. But you've got to be ready to let them go. They know they can't come into the presence of the Lord, but you don't. So you try to bring them in with you.
And God will deliberately lock the door so that you look at what's coming in with you and reassess before you enter. See, he's so good to us. Sometimes we enter his presence with a lot of junk and he's big enough to carry it. But this is the problem. We talk about reasoning inside the presence of the Lord. Because I was telling my sister last night, she was saying, you know, but I've, I've been telling the Lord, you know, I feel like a little hopeless in this situation. I said, that's fine. Tell him in his presence. Yeah. But stop telling out of his yourself what you devil. feel yeah, out of sorry. the presence of the Lord. Because what I'm learning about voice print and the, the atoms in the voice and the way that the voice creates, because we're in our Father's image, when we speak, we create. He said, let there be light. He created with his voice. And sound is the first element broken down. Light in its truest form is sound. So the science there is crazy. Light broken down to its most smallest element is sound, vibration. So everything is about sound. So demons can't be activated until they hear a voice print that activates them. So I'm learning last night about the different frequencies. Faith has a frequency. Fear has a frequency. Mm -hmm. Hope has a frequency. Depression has a frequency, wow. right? And they even have a pitch for those that are musically inclined in here. When you're very afraid, you'll notice that your pitch of your voice elevates because it's a frequency that you're tuning into. But so, we'll go into that a little bit later. But yeah. the voice print is something that is released and the demons can't activate their assignment. Get this. They can't activate their assignment without your voice print. Because they have to have creative power. They have no creative power. So you have to speak it out. You've got to verbalise it. Then they can activate it. The moment you verbalise it, you either tune into a frequency of hell with I'm depressed, I'm a wreck, there's no hope. The, the demons in hell are just waiting in their, in their chambers rejected. going. You know, well, not in hell, but in the four corners of the earth, the atmosphere. And they're waiting and they're waiting to go, right, we got our assignment. We've got our charge, but we have to wait till they activate. So the moment you say, I'm this, or I can't see God, God's not doing anything, and you say it without a, an inkling to hear what God is actually saying, and you're only listening to your own opinion, the demon goes, ah, okay, voice print. Yep, let's go. Assignment, we're ready. Yep. And, and it's the same with angels. Angels can't minister to you until you speak the voice print of the Lord. And this is where you're going to bring in about the ministering spirits. But the demons are waiting for you to give them permission. They can't move until you give them permission. Because the authority has been given to us. You see, when Jesus went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit and he gave all authority to men. He gave it to us, right? We don't have authority in our name, but we have it in his name. And we have the keys to the kingdom. And that's part of it, the authority. But as believers, we don't use that authority and we certainly don't use those keys. Or as believers, we try to, we try to use an authority when we haven't cleaned up the heart issue in ourselves, 
And so the demons recognized that. They said to the disciples, Jesus, we know, but who are you? Yeah. Like that frequency (laughs) is a higher frequency. Let me put it in scientific terms. That voice, that voice print, the demon was saying to those disciples, is a higher frequency. But your frequency that you're speaking on, we know because you're on our frequency. So you're you're telling those people... Those people to cast out those things, but you're entertaining those very same things. Oh, so how can you cast it out? So you're saying you're you're saying virtually the demons are saying when you're on our frequency, you're on our level. Exactly. You should be higher than us, yep. and you're on our level. Yep. So therefore, uh, we who are you? Yeah. Jesus, Paul, I, know, I know, but who Jesus, are you? Jesus, I know, but who are you? Well, Basically, until you're you using get, a frequency that we use. Until you get on the higher frequency, you've got no authority. And this is why the church is full of no authority because we're talking about, you know, getting rid of things and casting things out, but we entertain them ourselves. So how do you come through that? Well, you've got to be honest about it. This is about pulling th- things out of your book. So again, going back to the first step, timeless. You've got to get a timeless perspective of your life. How are you going to get anything out of your book if you're limited by time? Seriously. What if God says you've got all this stuff to fulfill and you just keep thinking, oh, I've only got 20 years. Oh, my gosh. I've, I've, only, oh, you know, I've only got 10 years. Is everybody or listening? it's been 10 years already. Oh, it's already. been 30 years. You're time not has in got position. to stop being an enemy. And then that, that frequency, here we go. Sorry, that frequency is now a voice print that the angels or the demons are listening for. Right. Where's their level of frequency? Is it at a high level of faith or is it at a low level? Because if the high level of faith frequency is released, science teaches us there's atoms in the voice. When you speak, there's actual atoms that are released and they form matter. You form when you speak. Wow. It's not a nice idea that Jesus is talking about. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. You form when you speak. Mm. And you'll notice in your own life, you can think something, but the moment you speak out what you think, it's been created. Wow. That's why self-help gurus will tell you, just look at yourself in the mirror and tell, say, so I, am I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Because it's not enough to think it. You've got to speak it. Mm. But as spiritual citizens, we've got two kingdoms waiting to activate on our voice print. Wow. We've got a demonic kingdom waiting to activate or we've got an angelic kingdom. And so the angels can only do, this is the revolutionary part. The angels can only do what's activated on the voice print in the word of God. The scripture says they do the bidding through the word of God. But the word there for word is not logos. It's rima. It's small w. So it's the spoken word, the revealed word, the ayin, the mem that leads to the door. So you see God, you get a revelation, you get empowered, and that leads to the daleth, which is the last letter of door, which is the door. So this is the door to you unlocking. So angels go, right, ah, that frequency, we recognize that. Now we can do that. And I'm learning about angels. The Holy Spirit does the work within but they're ministering spirits. So angels are released to move people, places, provision, time, all of those things into position for you to walk out what's in your book. Wow. There's a lot there. Yeah, take a breath. Take a breath, Fascinating. That was incredible. That was incredible revelation. Hit that three times. Oh, three times. There we go. But isn't that story about C.S. Lewis amazing? 
Because I, I feel like a lot of us feel like that in our it, time it, zone right it's now. It's like Kenneth Hagen. There's another story about Kenneth Hagen and uh, he was uh, uh, talking to the Lord and he was chatting and chatting to the Lord. <coughs> I'm going to need to get a cough thing. Just my throat's a bit hoarse. A bit hoarse. <laughs> Look out, I'm not going to neigh. <laughs> so anyhow... What happened was he was face to face with the Lord. And as he was face to face with the Lord, uh, uh, a smoke screen came in front of him. And it was like a demon, like an imp demon. Thank you very much. Like an imp demon. And it was balking and it was going like this. And uh, at first he didn't do much about it, you see. And he's thinking in his mind, when's the Lord going to deal with this? And he's not saying it, but he's thinking it. And so after a while, he, um, he got angry. And it was like he took authority and he said, get in the name of Jesus. And then the Lord, he went, of course. And the Lord turned around and said, gee, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> and he said, you're glad I did that? Yeah, yeah. You're the Lord of Lords. You could do it. He said, no, I was waiting for you to do that. And he said, you were waiting for me. And he said, yes. Don't you remember? I gave the authority to you. I can't do it. You do it in my name. You take a break. You got to take a break. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I just say before we go in the break, these are the steps to getting booked in the sense of walking in what's in your book. (laughs) See, we all say, oh, Lord, pull out of my book what's in my book. We all said that on Sunday. We're all out at the altar, you know, some of us Mm -hmm. weeping and some of us getting a deep revelation. But now here comes the price. Uh Uh-oh. Because you can't have what's in your book without being ready to lay down your idea of the book. You know what? Wonderful. Because your interpretation of the book and his revelation of the book are two different things. Right. Pastor, I don't want to go past this um, level, the frequency that you were talking about. Voice print. print. We need to go back there. Yeah, I'll talk more. We must. And I'd like to open it up, but we need to go back there. Because I don't know that people fully understand that this is a major key. Mm-hmm. To everything. All right, people. Well, hold on to those keys because you got them, so there's no excuse anymore. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is good, Pastor. This, this is good is stuff. Good. Like, day seven. It was very, very good. See, God uses science, but do we? No, we don't. I am so serious to tell you, you let the demons teach you more about God than you let science teach you about God. This is it. 
I'm really serious about this. This sit down, Shanae. You know not what? going anywhere. Lock the doors. She's not to leave. <laughs> he, he did. He did already. Bolt the doors. <laughs> no, I'm serious. What I'm serious about is, and and when I say that, I don't say that lightly. But we listen to the devil. We listen to demons about what we're made up of. What's going on around us, even to do with science? We listen to the devil. We don't listen to God. God created it all. He made us incredibly, wonderfully and beautifully. He made us. He is an amazing God that just I can't even fathom. Like every time I read the scriptures now, I just see the realness of it because it's backed up by science. So Pastor, science is not backing God. God gets yeah. backed up by science. But see, this is how the devil works. Through it's you know, we talk about that process of the, you know, coming into the kingdom and the last phase of reproduction. But this is what I want to present to people. Just practically, right, Shania, you hear a report on the media. Their mm -hmm. voice print carries a frequency of fear. You listen to it, you process it, and now you speak it out. Did you hear what the so-and-so said? You just reproduced the voice print of fear. Oh, Please. my God. This is what I wanted to say. I want to say we're talking in this dimension. If we continue to talk in the third dimension, that's all we're going to bring, a voice print of that. We have to move out of this dimension. We have to be lingering in the fourth to the fifth and bringing the fifth back to where we are right now now if you're going to spread the news about what satan is doing Ooh. and open your mouth and be a voice vessel for him he doesn't need demons he's using your mouth oh my so when he uses gosh. your mouth to do it how are you going to live in the book how are you going to pull out of things in the book you're too you're too busy taking on the voice print of the media come on let's get real come on you're people. too busy taking on the voice print of what people say about you on facebook Get over it. Get Delete over them. it. Delete the lot. Delete get them. rid of your Facebook. Let's oh get Lord. real. If Are it's not producing it? love, faith, and hope, cut it off. Cut it off. Wow. And don't hold on to them for the kingdom's sake because God can get to them through another way. He doesn't have to use you to go through torture and torment. Good. I Good. say to the Lord hear every it. day. Hear it. Hear it. And I hope I'm not being too cutthroat. Just, just one second. I'll, can we have camera on me, please? <laughs> cut them off. It's on. time, church. It's time. Cut, 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 cut. How are you going to live cut walking in your book friend. when you're scrolling, comparing your life all the time? Oh, my God. Looking Facebook. at what you're not. Looking at what you're, you're missing out on. Looking at what your friends think of you. You're, this is all worldly dimension thinking. And it's robbing you of the wow. book. The Lord said to me through this course, I'm going to show you all the time who you need to delete on Facebook because it's robbing you every day, Nathan. So I literally, yesterday, I just went through, I went, oh, sorry, Lord, Jeez. they're not in my book. Goodbye. Right. Some of them Goodbye. were Christians. And some of them were friends that I <laughs> have met so time and spent time in the industry. Yeah. And the enemy threw this thing at me. Well, they're the connection to your industry. No, no. they're not. Ooh, God is the connection my to my industry. No. 
And if Listen. I have to rely on them to be a connection to my industry, my <laughs> connection to my industry is not birthed in the spirit. Oh yeah, amen. my God. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I have to go there because there. if you, you want to get clean and make sure that the same stuff doesn't go in with you, then get rid of some of the connections. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. That you are need producing to. life. Unless you've been put there for a reason, get off it. That's it. you got to go to God and say, is this person in my book? Yeah. Is this person in my book or is this just taunting me? Satan's way of just pulling me down out of that dimension when I least yeah. expect it. Because you could be on a high. You could be walking in a high of faith, great level of faith, and then you get on Facebook, you see one thing, and you're back into depression again. Straight it's got to stop. How are we going to be in an army if we can get depressed by one post? Let, let, me, you, let me show you how the devil's using this. There's a frequency in Australia going on. The government's using a frequency, the voice print. Voice print. And you're on the same level as that voice print. And how are you trying to exercise faith on the same level as the devil's? How are you going to do that? You have to get higher. If you don't get higher... You can't exercise faith. I'm telling you now, because yeah. you will have a constant battle with your faith. And if you're going to repeat what the media is saying, then you need to repeat what God is saying Amen. more. Amen. After what the media, well, this report said this. Like today I got on the news and I said, Lord, I was in my car. Funny enough, I had a flat tire. Then we changed the tire. Sat in the car and did a little prayer as I was waiting for parking. And I just started to scroll. And I found myself scrolling because the news app comes up. You know, latest stories. And I literally was going, Lord, is this one in my book for today? And he said to me, nope, I don't want you to read that one. And he said, read this one. And I read an encouraging story. And it just picked up my faith straight away. And I thought, no, this is what I was meant to read today. Now, that seems pretty like, you know, Oh, that's spooky spiritual, but it's not. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. Only went where he saw his father going. Only spoke to who he saw his father speaking to. So if you're on Facebook scrolling, the enemy is waiting, waiting to give you evidence that your book is not good enough. That your book is not fast enough. That your book is not pretty enough. That your book is not expansive enough. That your call is not big enough. Come on. This has got to stop. Somebody's stealing it. These from are me. doors that the Lord is going to bolt shut just until you get rid of what's coming in with you. Just breathe it out, everybody. Oh, I think this breathe is good out. stuff, guys. Good stuff. Good I know. Stuff. You know, this is coming out of too because a lot of us are researching, if you will, trying to. We talked about the positive effects to stop. You know, going for these articles to try to look for the evidence that God is good. Looking for, oh, okay, here's a little miracle right here. Let me hold on to this small miracle. But I remember the Lord sharing with me, too, to stop. He told me to stop using COVID as the excuse for something. Like, yes, we're in this season, but I was using it. I was like, oh, because of COVID, I can't do anything or I can't, I can't progress. And he's, like, challenging me, like, stop saying because of COVID. That is a lie right there. Mm, there that is keeping me in bondage from um, moving forward as well, or Definitely. as far as frequency. Shania, this is the same thing the children of Israel suffered from in their thinking for 400 years. Yep. They were slaves in their mind, mm. and that's why they weren't free. Oof. And it took someone to come along that didn't think like a slave to get everyone else to not be a slave in their head. And it took someone to come along that was on a higher frequency, um. a higher level of voice print, because they were on the same level as the Egyptians. Oh, 
If you're on the same level as the one you're trying to rebuke, the enemy. Who are, J- Jesus I on, know, please. Paul I know, but who are you? If you're on the same level as the devils and you're trying to rebuke them, you're not going to get anywhere. You've got to go up higher. You've got to be on a different frequency and a different level of voice print. And this is the problem. This is the problem. That's why Jesus, uh, I mean, that's why the demon said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who the heck are you? Because you talk like we do. Yeah, you sound like us. <laughs> you sound like us. You've you got the talk same frequency like we as do. us. You've got the same pitch in your voice like we do. Ooh. And we recognize it because we use your voice to talk. <gasps> there you go, guys. There Look, go. I want to say this. I'm really challenging a lot of people. You've got to go into your friends list and you've got to ask who's producing faith, hope, and life. That's right. And love. Because if they're not producing those three things, I'm telling you now, they're being used by the enemy. And you can give all the gospel reasons you want. Oh, I'm reaching out to them. Oh, you know, I've got loved ones trying to save them. Let God be God and break away and maybe not know so many things about their life and watch how your countenance changes. Yeah, yeah I think Because so. knowing too much is stopping you from knowing what matters. In the book. And I say that, and I hope you can back me up on that. Oh, what counts? Because when I was doing real relationships, the Lord said to me, Nathan, I try to speak to you, and every time you get on Facebook, and can I just say, I learned something today. New York Times put out an article. Facebook has been working with mega churches to study Christians. I'm sure. On how they operate. Yeah, because the Because they're so scared of losing the church market because of the last election and their and their actual level of trust going down with Christians in the United States, they've gone to, and I could say prominent named churches, but I'm not going to on this don't podcast. Don't do it, don't do and it. And those pastors are accountable because they've given Facebook insight into how the church operates. Mm. So Satan is in big tech and big tech is working in the church. Wow. So please, they know how we operate. They know what we're looking for. You can tell from your ads. They target you with those ads. It's not just ads. It's the algorithms of how you think. Mm -hmm. They're reaching out. So please, we've got to really take stock here, Pastor Robin. So we've got to go above. And we've got to be on a higher frequency. Higher frequency, then they can't see what we're thinking. They can't be in our voice print. Yeah. We have to be higher than them. Yeah. And this is the key. And this has been the problem. Yep. We have been on the same level as the devils. Yep. One you, way. Uh, have you heard the statement that says new levels, new, new devils? devils? Right. Uh-uh. Uh. Same levels, same devils. Oh, we're switching it up again. And I say to those people because I can see comments and I did that. I, I unfollowed some. But the Lord said to me to delete some. Because if the unfollows there, there's always option B of going back and looking. There are people that I met in the industry along the way, the dance industry, that are heavily involved. I mean heavily involved with major artists. Yeah. And I brought them to the Lord at my apartment. 
You prophesied over them. The very jobs that they're doing right now as a result of your prophecies. Mm. World tours with Beyonce. World tours with Chris Brown. And then I get on Facebook and I see their life. And the Lord says to me, this is bearing no fruit. Yeah. Now, if it's a tree that bears no fruit, cut it off. Yep. (laughs) So it's more than unfollow. It's more than delete. Because if I delete and then the Lord brings them back into my path, ah, Okay, Lord, you're bringing them back into my path because you're saying this now can bear some fruit. Yeah, but Jesus saw a tree bearing no fruit. He gave it a year, right? If it didn't bear fruit, it was to be chopped down. Now, how many years have you been growing that tree bearing no fruit? You know, how many years? Come on, guys, it's time to chop it. And I want to say and one more thing. I, I don't agree with one someone that said we can uh, unfollow Mama. them uh, as bef- you know, not necessarily delete them. I think that if you bear the fruit of Christ and they're not bearing the fruit of Christ, delete them. They're God's problem. That's right. You've got to have a clean s- separation. There has to be a void in people's lives, you can't be their back toward to Jesus any longer. Mm. Serious. You cannot. They can't see a positive post. People see positive posts from you and then they think that God is blessing their life yep. because of how he blessed you. And they read what they read into it. But that's not for them. That's for you. And you do it too. You see a positive post and then you interpret it for yourself what you want it to mean. Wow. And the Lord said to me, you're being a back door for them to me. When they need to feel godly sorrow, they've still got an option B with you. Yeah, because she'll, she'll wipe away my tears No, it's got to stop. Ooh. It's got to stop. Ooh. If Sarabin God is, is making a cold there. break, make a cold break. It's got to stop because this is what's I stopping us the truth. from living my own family. and speaking out of the book. Seriously, because some I'd of those people on your friends list are not in your book. Oh, but, my but God. But in all fairness... I've done it with my own family and I've seen my family return. Yeah. Most definitely. But I cut it. Yeah. Most definitely. Because I trust God with my family. Do Amen. you trust God enough with separation? Yeah, oh, oh, my God. Because that is the test. Because he's trying to separate you from what wants to walk in the door with and you. And here's the key. Again, come oh back Lord. to this level of frequency. You can't stay on Facebook and keep on this same level of frequency. This voice print that you've been going on with, something's got to give. Something has got to give. Now, are you going to go up higher? Or are you going to stay on the same level and go round the mountain and watch that tree bear no fruit? Next year, the year after, the mm-hmm. year after, and the year after. Think about it, because the enemy will just turn it back in your face. Look, you're not good enough. Look, your your salvation isn't strong enough to save them. Look, they're not listening to you. So look, you're rejected. So Christ, it's just an ongoing cycle with this thing, and it's such a setup from the enemy. And, oh and I wanted goodness. to say this, because people use the excuse, you oh, you know, them. I'm looking up, I'm researching. Look, to be a researcher... Led by the Holy Spirit is a special thing. Not everybody can do it. There are certain people. I know that Pastor Robin, when she watches things, she's testing everything. I get led by the Spirit. She's not led by opinion. 
And she's not perfect, she, but she has the spirit of God. She's not led by opinion. She's not led by the media. She's not led by popular, you know, what's going on. She's not led by circumstance. So I know that when she's researching, the Holy Spirit is leading her to the right sources. Sources that are in the book that are going to open her eyes. But a lot of us, when we start to research, let's be honest, church, we start to get all thwarted by the opinions of men and the opinions of women and the opinions of the Politico articles and the New York Times said this and New York Post said this and my friend said this and my mum said this and so we started out researching and now we've become a slave to what's being said instead of looking for the real truth. So you have to have a very, very strong spirit of discernment to be called as a researcher. Seriously, even with Deborah and um, Tennille with, with Dark to Light, they have that gift, but they're shepherded by Pastor Robin. And she lets them know, nope, we're not going into that. Nope, we're going into that. True or not, Pastor Tony? That's exactly Please back me up on this, because not everybody is called to research. It has to be a special call from God, because that requires discernment of spirits. 100%. And if you are being thrown and tossed around by the winds and waves of what everybody's saying on Facebook, you're not going to discern a thing. Yeah. I, I just use an example of that. Yeah, please. Uh, I was uh, sitting down with Debbie the other day and uh, we were watching something and, and I think Natalie was with me and we were sitting there and um, I said, uh, they've got good intel here, but watch this, there's going to be a split within the next week or so because we can see ambition, I can see ambition coming up here and one is diverting off the vision and uh, within a week the two, two podcasts split down the middle and now they're fighting to be friends. <laughs> and it's like, uh, God, you showed me that. So what I do is... I don't worship any man on the, on the, you know, the with the intel. Uh, I look at the intel and I see, okay, God, that's the thing I can take to the Lord about. But the personality is your problem. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. my so the Lord, the personality is your problem. I'm pretty hot tonight. Go my ahead. final statement is this: the Lord said this to me in a journal. He said, Nathan, get let in, get less interested about what's in Facebook and more interested about what's in your book. Oh, my God. Because the time that you spend looking at Facebook, you could have spent asking me to start finding out what's in your book. on. That's right. Wow. And Pastor Tony said it every day. You should be sprinkling the blood of Jesus over your book, pulling out things, pulling them from heaven to earth. Come on, we've learned all these spiritual dynamics. all these. It's got to be applied. Oh, but no, God's not moving. No, I prayed and he didn't move. Oh, look. God moves. You don't have to see it. God moves. But even when confident. you can't see it, Pastor. Pastor, we are more confident in what Facebook says than what God says in about our own book. We know more about what's going on on Facebook. Funny, why is it called Facebook? Just putting that out there. You know what I mean? Facebook is in your face. But it's, you know what I'm saying? We, lo we know less about our own. We're less confident in what he said about our own lives than we are in, we could quote you verse and everything about what the latest article says, but what? But what's God said about your next month? Oh, my God! Oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure. I'm not confident. Come on. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. 
And I'm saying to the Lord, ever since you preached this message, I'm saying to the Lord now every day, Lord, is this in my book? Yeah, and I quote it every day. Is this in my book? Like even today with a flat tire, Lord, this has got to be in my book because you're teaching us something out of it. You're using this right now. I actually, I actually quoted when I was counselling the other day. I said, if this is not written in your book, why are you giving so much attention to it? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And I said, only what's in your book is what you pay attention to. If you know the devil is trying to do something. He can't write this in your book. Why are you giving attention? He is distracting you. Get back to your book. That means intimacy. That means... Certainly does. Seeking the Lord. That means getting Having a revelation. Having a relationship. Yeah. And that, that means that fellowship. That requires good quality time. Yes. Yeah. It's not going to come quick. This is not a quick fix answer. No, no yes. quick answer. But start. The thing start is to start. Like Pastor Nate said, sprinkle your book with the blood of Jesus every day. And then the Father will grace you with a revelation of your next step. And, and um, don't get me wrong. Sometimes God's going to put things in your book that are a challenge. Challenging people. It's not going to be pretty. But... The key here is what you just said there, intimacy. That, see, that, that's what brings us through the door, the relationship. And this whole thing to do with it's all loving God on our terms. Yeah. This is all it is. comes back to love because love is a thing that lasts. Are we ready to let the Lord love us on his terms? So it's also, uh, you've heard me say, uh, and when I'm counseling someone, you've heard me say, Living your life and loving the Lord. Uh, but living your life and pleasing the Lord is uh, doing it his way, you see. So love has to be on his terms. Pleasing has to be on his terms, you see. Uh, it, you want to do the will of God, then you do it on his terms. It's always that way. That shows true love and true pleasing. Now... That's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to get that overnight. But it's the desire in your heart that he says is the first step. The desire in your heart to do it will lead you to the next step, which is the choosing to do it. You desire it in your heart, you choose it in your heart, and then you activate it in you. And again, if I, again, being a teacher, I want to refer back to Scripture. Paul mentions in Philippians 3 he, that he wanted to grab a hold of the reason why Christ grabbed a hold of him. And that reason is in the book. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not that I've attained, but he says, I leave those things which are behind and I look forward to those things which are ahead. But he says, I want to grab a hold of why Christ grabbed a hold of me. And that's why he could say at the end of his life, I've run the race. I've done what I've needed to do. I've fulfilled what was written about me in, in the, the book. book. And if you, like Paul says, I want to grab a hold of why he grabbed a hold of me. If you get that reality, 
then you don't have to fight rejection anymore. You don't have to fight these inadequacies and insecurities and inferiorities anymore. Because once you get the reality of why God grabs you, it just wipes out everything else. Should be, this should be your life's mission. Constantly grabbing a hold of what he grabbed hold of you for. And whenever you feel like you're getting off track, then take the necessary steps to get back on to grabbing a hold of that, that vision. And I can give people hope because I've come pretty hard, you know. No, no I, you I, haven't. You've but come straight. Again, scientifically, it says that he washes us with his oh, word. Oh, well. You know? And we've talked about this last night when we were giving deliverance and the power that it this already is amazing. applied to I've both those people. It already. But um, we'll finish with this. The washing of the word, we always think that that's the washing through the blood of Jesus or through the water of the word, you know, but the science there actually shows us that when we go to sleep at night, it doesn't say this is the, this is the grace of God. We might have stuffed it up during the day. We might have done things that aren't in the book. We might have thought things that aren't in the book, right? But the grace of God is that when we go to sleep at night, because I'm learning about all these epigenetics and, you know, the brain and the brain functions and all of that, because it's very, like, you know, close to psychology. And dreaming is very close to psychology because it's the language of the heart. But when we go to sleep at night, there's a fluid that's released called the, um, Lord, give me the right words, uh, the brain, uh, sp spinal, uh, uh, I just had a mind blank. I'll get the right name. It's a fluid that's released that washes over the brain when you sleep. And it's actually released. And it, what it does is it washes the brain of what they call um, a type of plaque, which are thoughts that have not amounted to any kind of action. And thoughts that have just been they, idle. They've become like plaque. They become like plaque on the teeth. And so it becomes these, these proteins, they break down. But rather than breaking down and being flushed out, they bond to those neurons in the, in the brain. And so the body releases this, this fluid that washes over the brain and it gets rid of all the plaque. And it gives you a chance to fulfill another scripture, which says that his mercies are new every morning. So what it does is it, as it washes over the brain, it does neurogenesis, which is a recreating of the brain, a rebirthing, hence the word genesis. And so it gives you a chance to fire up new thoughts and new synapses. When you wake up, 30,000 chances you get every day. So the, the hope That's is incredible. you might have written something down in your life with the pen of your life that isn't in the book. But you've got a chance within 24 hours to let that water of his word wash over your mind and reset your thinking to what's back in the book. You know, so God never leaves us without a hope. He never leaves us without a future. You know, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future. And so we'll be encouraged. Name. Be encouraged by that. Will gave the name. What is it? Yeah, I gave Will. Cerebral spinal fluid. There it is. It comes up the spinal cord and w washes over the cerebral cortex. So you're saying, you know, when we read that scripture, we thought of two things that it meant. That meant it washes the word. The word washes over our brain. And uh, also his, uh, his Bible. So his literal word and his Bible, right? The, 
the, yeah, the word of his spirit washes us and the scriptures and the blood as well yeah now the deeper meaning where say here and this has just blown my mind is how unique our god really is and infinite he is he literally has created a fluid that comes up and washes over our brain to give us 30,000 more opportunities for his mercies to be thinking right right every day. And how that applies is you can look around and go, this is where the authority, which is going to come into your spiritual warfare seminar, this is where now you start to take on the different voice print because you say, hang on, no devil, I got washed of that last night. Yeah, I'm not entertaining that again. So you, talk, you start to take on a higher level voice print than the same level that you've been living at. You know, I said to someone last night during the deliverance, you need to wake up and you need to know that your mind has been washed. So yeah. stop falling into the lie that you think that way continually because the devil doesn't want you to remember that it just got washed and you've got another chance. And wow. this, this is why I believe it's important to... That is so good. Your... your um, your your uh, what's the word? Your dedication, your your um, meditation in the morning yes. is a prime opportunity to get the mind of the Lord through prayer and scripture reading in that washed brain. You talk about brainwashing. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. So the brain gets a clean slate overnight. You wake up in the morning. What are you going to write on your computer? That's it. As the first thing. Because whatever you first program prayer it to is what it word. programs to you for prayer the day. and the word or word and prayer is a reprogramming. This is why it's important. I so when you blew it the, the night before. Yeah, the power is. Your brain gets a chance yeah. to get washed. You get a chance to tell the Holy Spirit, you know, I blew this. Uh, yeah, like a good prayer that you should adapt before you go to sleep. Go on, tell is me. You should say to the Lord as you're falling asleep and you'll find your sleep a lot easier Holy Spirit, if there's any unresolved issues that I haven't given you, you know, room to move in today in my heart, I give you the room to I do it. I give you permission. I give, I you, give you the right. Yeah, and then your heart will probably start to speak to you. You'll probably have some dreams and your mind might start to bring up on the projector screen of the brain some things that you might have entertained subconsciously throughout the day. So that that is when your brain can Starts get to washed. get rid of the plaque. Get ri- rid of the plaque, get washed, and then... When you wake up in the morning, you go 30,000 new chances for mercies for that day. You tell me God isn't doing something just because you don't see it. Your body's doing everything that God's made it to do. You just don't even know your body. You don't even know what your body's doing for God. You don't even know that your body's under command by the Lord to do certain things every single day. And we dare to say to the Lord, you're not moving. You're not moving. Just because you are blind, you can't see it. You're going to have spiritual eyes to see what he wants you to see. But you get those eyes when you get to know who is doing it. Yeah. The, the, the finishing off is the, the word. 
stand, right? David says, I'm standing and I'm knocking. And David gets his answer in his question because I'm standing at the door and you're not answering. But the word stand there, again, the first letter, ayin, look. What are you looking at? What is your picture? What are you programming your mind to? What are those thoughts? Mem, the second word, intimate knowledge. Is your looking revealing an intimate knowledge of who he is? Yeah. Or is your looking revealing an intimate knowledge of who you are? <laughs> or who the enemy is? Or who the facts are? Oh, wow. Right? Or what and the then, circumstances Or what the circumstances are. And oh, then that see. looking and revealing of intimate knowledge empowers you to go to the next letter, the final letter, which is the Daleth, which is the door. That's the only way you go through the door. And that's what Jesus, the Holy Spirit, said to C.S. Lewis. You only come through the door through the key. Yeah. I'm not opening it for you this time. No. You've got a key. Use it because I'm keeping out those things that are trying to come in again with you. With you. And I'm more interested in your well-being by keeping out those things than you are. So I suggest... Uh. Uh, this is a major key for prayer meetings. Huge. This is a major key for Sydney, Australia. You need to be on a different frequency. You need to have, a, what did you call it? A, a voice print that's higher than the level of the devils. Because you've been working on the level of the devils and you see in prayer meetings, you've got to go higher. You've got to go higher. Why are you looking out there and speaking what's out there? Start speaking what's up there. And Bring if you're going to repeat down here. Pastor, practically, because people say, well, then how can we let what, what, you know, other people know what's going on? We have to tell them. Look, if you're going to repeat what's been said, you need to repeat it and then you need to bring it before the Lord in your yes, conversation. In you need to say, counsel. Lord, I heard on the report, even when talking with you. Well, Shania, you know, the you news said this, you, you know, say? but Lord, what are you saying? Because we know what you said. There always needs Pastor, to be that replacement. You say to me quite often, I know you don't do it as much now, but did you know what the New York Times? Yes, I used to. And then I got so convicted by this today. What do I say to you? I'm week. not interested. You always say, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in what they've got to say. Unless I'm not God shows I'm not me part of that. to listen, I'm not listening. It. I'm, I'm not, not part of that. And, and then he might say to me, oh, but so-and-so said, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm only interested in the frequency of the Lord. I'm not interested. Right. But... This is where we got ourselves so tied up. We've been so caught up in this world of relying upon lies to be our frequency. How do you not lie when you're on the level of the frequency of the devil? Somebody come get my mic. I'm done. That's what I'm saying. You're carrying a frequency, the voice print, and you reproduce it. You're, you're reproducing the voice print of CNN when you tell what they're saying. You're reproducing the voice print of Satanic News Network. Seriously. The news network of hell, which mongers in fear and traffics in fear. So this is why I'm now adapting something in my life where if I think it, because I'm learning about thoughts, but the power in the... I'm saying I'm not saying it out loud. I'm not going to let this touch my tongue. I'm giving it no creative power with my voice print. And if it's in my thoughts, then I'm going to reason with the Holy Spirit That's in my where head. I reason with And him. I'm going to say, Lord, what do you think about this thought? Because here's another powerful thing that I'll finish with and then I'm done. <laughs> the body does not know. This is mind-blowing. 
The body does not know the difference between a thought <laughs> experience or a lived experience. So if you thought it, you can tell your body you've lived it. That's why Jesus said, if you've done it in your heart, you've already done it. And it's scientifically proven. I can give you the like John Hopkins Medical Journal articles that will tell you the very, very thing. That's why if you can show your body in your thinking that your thinking is right, you can convince it that it's an actual physical, tangible thing you're living and it can turn on genes of healing. It can turn on heightened kingdom emotion and yep. you can wake your body up out of a funk of depression, anxiety, yep. fear, and you can literally trick your body into going, okay, yeah, I've lived this. I've lived that thought. Truth your body. Truth your body into it, not trick it. That's good. say that nice and That's good. Truth your body. This is why what we say and what we think are so important. Take every thought captive. That's not just for something to do. That's so that you can have life and life abundant. Because your body is going, right, if I think it, if I think that I'm enough, I'm going to be enough. And I'll I'll live as if I had gone out and just spent $1,000 on me on a shopping spree. If I think that way, my body will go, hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you enough. You enough. You enough. You know, um, we we think that... um, uh, I lost it then and I want to get it back because it's really important. So I'll ask God to give sure. it back to me. And that's why, Pastor, just to add to the science of it, like Amanda said, I was going to mention that. That's why they get athletes to visualize the skill. Like my coach, when I was training for, you know, the Olympic squad, he used to always tell me, Nathan, see yourself doing the skill before you do it. Because if you can see yourself doing the skill, your muscle memory will kick in and your body will say, you've already done it. So it's just a matter of repetition now. Yes, yeah, so there's no fear yeah. can come into it. But if you we know. at the church, we got scared because that involves visualization. And I mean, new age people, they have, have problem with visualization. They have techniques that, the, that it works. It works. As long as it's spirit anointed and led, you can visualize. But Jesus said, if you've already done it in your heart, and you already thought Use about a woman the word lustfully. Vision if You've you want to get get religious, but visualization doesn't bother me. I know what it means. Like if you hate a person, your body has already primed your body to hate that person. Mm. You've committed murder in your head. You've killed them in your head. Yeah. Your cells have turned off. Anger has been stored in your veins, and all of those genes have been stiffened. Yeah. So you've literally done the very same thing that you would have done if you'd gone out and physically murdered the person. Yep. So this is the science of what Jesus said when he said, if you've done it in your heart, you've already done it. You've already created the pathways in the brain. All you've got to do now is add your choice to it and act it out. It's really, it's really bringing absolute truth to the word. Truth to the word of God. And it's not like, um, uh, I want this to happen. I, I remember what I said. It's like when we have this wanting the people to understand. We want the people to know the truth. We want it. We want it. And we sort of get in the way because it becomes a new agey thing, you know, where we start to not know that the truth will set you free. It's the truth that will set you free, meaning Jesus will set you free. But we have this, it's a wishy-washy thing 
that we have with people. I want them to know. I want them to know. And um, we don't know how powerful the truth to set you free is. That's what we should want. Well, guys, that has been a smorgasbord of truth. <laughs> I tell you that. As hard as it was, as gentle as it was, it had variations. However, hopefully it was received. I'm, I'm going to say something. I am so grateful to God for being so amazing to show me how he's, he's starting to show me how my body lines up with his word. Yeah. And my, his word lines up with my body. It, yes, wonderfully made we are. Fearfully and wonderfully made we are. But I never knew science the way. And, you know, I didn't know it like this in God's eyes. I didn't know it. And I was never totally interested in it. But I have become so interested in it now because it keeps bringing more truth about the word. The word. Is it, there's not just hoping we have new mercies every day. It's we have them. And this is why we have them. Mm. It's answering why we have them because of our body has been... Um, it has been programmed to work with the word. It's, in the it's book. amazing. Right. Well, guys, this comes to an end <laughs> of our Portals podcast via Spotify. We hope this blesses you. I have no more things to say other than get booked. Get booked. Get booked. Not in jail. But no, no, the right <laughs> book. <laughs> but in the intimacy book. with the Lord. God bless you guys. And until next time, bye-bye now. Now we have some.